Welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. This podcast started with me just kind of interviewing my friends, and now we're at a point where I'm interviewing people who inspire me. Every week you are going to hear how someone else identifies with the feeling of not fitting in and success. So let's just hop into the episode and thank you for all of your continued support. Hey listeners, I just wanted to share something really cool that I've been doing for the last month. It is called Caption That Live, and you can go to www.dragqueengameshow.com and get a ticket. Basically, the premise of it, of course, is that Nicole Hollowell, a well-known drag queen from Florida, she's the host, and there's two other drag queens, and they're competing for the best caption for 21 random photos they find on the internet. It's virtual, it's interactive, and you basically can just be a keyboard warrior. Like, if you're funny, like I am, um, you'll get featured, and they will read your caption live and on the screen. It is free to play virtually, $7 to play in person in Wilton Manors, Florida. It is a whole hoot. It is at 8, 8 p.m. Eastern, excuse me, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, I'm so bad at time zones, and 5 p.m. Pacific, and I play every week. So if you do play, get your free ticket. If you do play, you'll find me in the comments. Look for Bianca W., and I hope I see you there, and Nicole and Chris Caputo, who produces the show. Thank you so much. This has given me so much joy during the weeks. I'm not even paid to say this. I love you so much, and I'm so glad that you're doing more things that can make us feel connected in a panini. Love you so much and cannot wait to play on Wednesday. And I hope I see you there, listeners. Hey, listeners. This week's episode features Mike Valdez. He is probably one of my favorite people I've connected with through podcasting. Um, He is a podcaster himself. He also is an entertainer, jack of all trades, what have you. He's a really, really funny guy. I was on his podcast, Childlike at Best. I will put that in the description. You can go find that in the description and listen to it. Give it a like, a follow, a subscribe, and um, spread the wealth. I mean, it's a great podcast. So I'm excited to share this with you. So enjoy. Let's do it. How's it going? Hey, what's going on? Oh, you know, not much. Another day. It's like Groundhog Day. I don't even know. Is it Wednesday? Who knows? Right. <laughs> Ugh. To my listeners, this is, of course, Please Don't Kick Me Out, the podcast about imposter syndrome, and the lovely voice you're hearing on the other end is coming into the podcast from Miami, Florida. We've got Mike Valdez. Mike, would you like to give your elevator pitch, your 30,000-foot overview of who you are, what you do, etc.? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Mike Valdez. I am a performer of all trades, essentially. I'm an actor, a singer-songwriter, a stand-up comedian. Uh, I have a podcast called Childlike at Best with Mike Valdez. That is a podcast about childhood and nostalgia and all kinds of stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I have an album with my band called uh, Dreamer by Mike Valdez and the Noise. That's the name of the band. And I've been, I've done a few acting gigs here and there. I've been lucky enough and you might've seen me in certain music videos for the Jonas Brothers, for Imagine Dragons. I've done stuff with Nickelodeon, uh, Disney Channel, all kinds of stuff. So yeah, that's, that's, I, I, I always find it really weird describing myself in a lot of ways, but, um, but yeah, that's who I am <laughs> essentially. Awesome. I, I'm really excited about this because 
Um, I think, you know, everyone that's creative, you do a lot of creative things, um, tend to have a really unique perspective because they like to create and do and bring things to the world. And so I'm very excited to have you on the podcast. I'm very excited that you reached out to me. Um, And I have so many questions about, I'm I'm reading like Imagine Dragons and Jonas Brothers and Disney Channel. So basically, did you go to a casting call or something or how did, how did that happen? Well, uh, so all that stuff is, is kind of difficult, like to, to truly explain, like I've, I've been in the entertainment business for a really long time, almost my entire life. And so, uh, just through that, I found agents and, uh, just the business aspect of it. And then they take you through to auditions and you're auditioning quite a bit for different commercials, for, uh, for movies, for film, for, uh, television series, all kinds of stuff. And, um, and yeah, so that's, that's that facet of it. So a lot of these jobs I usually get through auditioning. Nice. Yeah. I have the opposite problem. I have the personality that gets me cast into reality. So like if I apply for a game show, I usually get cast onto it, but I I usually, I've turned, I've turned quite a few things down. Um, but like most recently, like I was on the Drew Barrymore show and she gave me $500 and she didn't nice. talk to anyone else in the audience. And it was because of the way I screen tested. Um, oh, wow. And I just, but that like, you know, you, you host a podcast and you've been in the t- entertainment industry. So you understand like the gift of gab is rare and like people who are extroverted like myself, like tend to do better because we're less afraid to be who we are. Of course. Um, and um, you know, when you're loud and you're boisterous and you're upfront, people either love you or they hate you. And typically in the entertainment industry for me, not that it's ever really paid or profited, it's it's actually benefited me to be kind of a weirdo. So yeah. not that I want, I don't want to be famous or anything like that, but um, but I've had some cool things happen in my day. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So uh, you said you're a fan of my podcast. Yay, I thank do. you. Yeah, I, I like uh, it. I love it. Thank you. And, I, and, I, and I've started listening to yours because I have to do like a two hour drive. So I'm going to start putting yours on, on shuffle and repeat because I really like the cadence and it's awesome. So oh, um, thank you. That's at the so end of sweet. this, I will give um, you the platform to promote all of your stuff. So of um, course. let's just hop into it. Yeah. So we'll start with the first question. Um, do you feel like you have it all figured out? No, not even a little bit, <laughs> not even a little bit. I, uh, yeah, that's like one of my main fears in life is just like not having anything figured out, you know, because when you're a kid, which is one of the reasons why I love talking about childhood is like, when you're a kid, you want so badly to be an adult yes. because, because you feel like adults have it figured out. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you turn 20 and you're like, everybody's just as stupid as I am. What, what's going on? Like, you know, so, um, and, and not only that, in, in a good way, you start to, you start to see your parents as like, yes, they're my parents, but also they're just two people who had to raise kids, you know? And, yeah. and so you start to look at the world a little differently and yeah, I feel like, I, I mean, it might be a thing that is never going to go away in a lot of ways but to be fair i i also believe that that not going away is the reason why we do things sometimes right right. because it's like well without that if if we have that nesting feeling of like this is what i'm supposed to do with my life then things start to get boring and monotonous and you know things like that at least for personalities like mine um so 
so yeah in long long story short i definitely don't feel like i have it figured out at all no and and like the running joke of this podcast is if someone came on here and was like i got the key to life i'd be like you are in the wrong zoom sir zoom bombed like i have to kick you out or sir or ma'am whoever it might be but yeah i agree with you i think like not having it figured out makes change and ripples and makes you and allows you actually to kind of explore what might be more on your your playing field might be more aligned to your path um so i i think it's great that like most people majority answer it the same way and that no they don't have it figured out but that's life you have you're just constantly trying to like survive yeah. and and keep going and um you know i think as long as you're growing and changing then maybe you're figuring it out a little bit but who's to say yeah absolutely and I, you touched on something like when you get to your twenties and you look around and everyone around you is like, they don't have it figured out either. It's like, I felt so wildly unprepared to be in the workforce. Oh, like, yeah. And then I remember like getting a job finally, I was like, wow, I got a job. Can't believe it. And then, um, after college and then like looking around and being like, this is all there is like, this is all you guys just go to work Monday through Friday and collect a paycheck and then go home and have a weekend like that's this is all and you're like yeah this is basically this is life right. I was like this is boring like <laughs> I don't like yeah. this it's, it's so depressing it's depressing it's almost like I grieved like what my childhood thought that adulthood would be sure yeah it's like when you're a kid and you watch Saved by the Bell and then you go to high school and you're like this isn't anything like what I thought it would be you know right? so like it, it's kind of like that um you know and and also I feel like my growth got stunted a little bit just because I grew up in a conservative Christian home. So Mm -hmm. I was in a bubble for majority of my life, Mm -hmm. you know, so I went to school, but it was a Christian school. I went to college, but it was a Christian college. Like I never had my worldviews ever questioned or anything like that. Um, Never, never my worldviews, my spirituality, my politics, nothing. And I got to a point in my life where I was just tired of it, where I just felt like people were fake almost like almost like when Jim Carrey and the Truman show starts to realize that everybody it feels like everybody's saying lines mm-hmm. and like it doesn't feel real anymore yeah um and so i just started looking for things and discovering and and just figuring out things on my own in a lot of ways and that's not to say that you know that i don't believe in god or or whatever and 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 you can believe in whatever it is that you want to believe that allows you to be happy and not hurt other people yeah. you know at least that's what i believe yeah. you know but um but yeah i just got to a place where i i personally love just talking to people and being edified and having and having things challenged and and having my my beliefs and my thoughts challenged and things like that and you know for in a lot of ways, a lot of that isn't really possible anymore because now everybody's just mad that nobody <laughs> believes, nobody wants to, you know, like uh, agree with them or whatever the case. But I'm, I'm a type of person that is, I like debating. I like talking to people and 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 just like figuring things out for my for myself, you know, um, and and yeah. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah, no, I, I like that a lot. Um, and, uh, I, I, I personally, myself, um, didn't grow up 
very religious or in a religious household. My uh-huh. parents let me kind of choose what I wanted to do. And I did join a mega church in high school and yeah. uh, quickly left that church because it sure. it, I saw through them immediately. And um, right. and then I was I like, I was like, this is not for me. Like not, I don't want to, I've, I, and I know I've got friends that grew up kind of in that church life. And then like, you know, um, even Latter-day Saints who then went to Brigham Young and they're still in that faith. And there's just a lot of things that go along with it that like can super, super shelter and um, close off um, worldview. And right. um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I don't care who you believe in. I believe in Oprah. I, right. I believe everyone deserves a free car. Absolutely. So, so I'm not? like, so I, so I like, <laughs> I also am I'm like you, like I, I like I like my ideas and my ideals to be challenged. And I think I've done in the last year, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement. And yeah. now, right now we have this issue with um, Asian racist towards Asian hate crimes right now yeah. that are on the rise. Like I'm very, like I'm reading about things. I'm trying to like change any any negative worldview I've ever had and trying to be as helpful as I can. And so I, I think it's good to be out of that bubble now because you can, figure out what the, what the world according to you is like. Of course. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird thing because, you know, looking back at it, you know, I try to see both sides of the coin and mm-hmm. like looking back at it, it's something where like, it makes sense to raise somebody like that because it is, it's safe, I guess. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it could also be traumatizing in a lot of ways, you know, and so like, it stunted my growth socially, I feel it stunted my growth in a lot of ways, because like, you know, when I was a teenager, everything was like, you can't talk to girls, because the moment you're in a room with a girl, you're just gonna jump her bones. And then oh my you're gonna have sex with her. And yes. it's like, I didn't even understand how to look at a girl in the face, much less have sex with her. You know what I mean? But I was like, yeah, but I was terrified of women. And in all reality, you know, I I don't think I even felt comfortable talking to a woman in a platonic way until I was like in my early twenties, which is extremely old. It should not be like that, you know? And um, every time I talk to a woman and, and I'm sure most Christians feel this way. And if you do feel this way, I'm calling you out. Like most Christian dudes, if they talk to a woman, it's not because they want to be their friend. It's because they see them as like, I want to marry you, or I'm going to give you a promise ring and put you on layaway or like whatever it is (laughs) that they're doing, you know? Um, But now I'm the opposite. Like now I I want, I, I have like a whole bunch of women that are friends of mine and other men question the fact if I'm even heterosexual anymore, you know, but like, that's just how I am, you know? So um but yeah i um yeah that's it's it's a weird it's a weird way to be raised Mm -hmm. but at the same Mm -hmm. time i'm kind of glad that i was raised that way because i'm happy with who i am now yeah with that that outlook you know yeah absolutely um that's a lot to unpack so i'm gonna start unpacking we're gonna peel back those layers (laughs) um first of all what I don't like, and I'm just gonna, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to anyone who is, you know, grew up conservatively and I'm just gonna say some things here and you can come at me later, but um, I don't like how uh, conservative Christians make it seem like it's the woman's fault 
100%. Like, oh, because yes. I'm wearing shorts that are yes. not to my knees. Like yes. he's going to want to yes. jump my bones. I literally am wearing cargo yes. shorts. Like Preach, no one wants preacher. that. Yes. Okay. So there's that. I went to <laughs> yes. a, it's like, on you, yeah, dude. It's right. not on her. And then they'll be like, save room for Jesus. And it's like, I, I don't, I don't understand why it was always okay for the boys to have the urges and the girls were always like not allowed. Yeah. The guys weird. were allowed to wear their, they can have the the pants with the holes that, right. that uh, right. allowed their wieners to be out. They could have, I mean, we didn't have pants like that for real, but, um, but yeah, <laughs> guys could wear, guys could wear skinny jeans and, and yeah. it's not and it's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a big deal. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I had a crush on a guy at a Christian summer camp that his name was Cyrus. Oh yeah. He was wearing of course it was. skinny girl jeans. It was 2000 and <laughs> Ooh, God, like five or six or something. Did he, anyway, was he a worship leader? No, no, he was really, he was my, he was my age. That's very we surprising 16, to me, but I had my car, my license and he didn't. So it didn't work out. Oh. Um, so the other thing you kind of talked about is like having like friendships and friendships with females and like being someone that wants genuine platonic friendships. I think that's really hard for people. I don't know um, if you're in, or if you're still in your twenties or um, if you're older, I'm in my thirties. Um, I'm in my early thirties. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to be 32 this year. Okay. So what I noticed is the twenties are like a rat race, right? Like right. everyone gets out of college. They don't know what they're fucking doing. Excuse my language, but they don't know what they're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And um then, you know, you get that depression wave of like, okay, well, I got the job and now what? And then society tells you, find the person you're supposed to be with and lock them down. That's yeah. what society tells you. So people, these girls are just rushing towards the altar. And so what I found very hard in my twenties was having friends that weren't men because dudes would want to go to the bar with me and hang out and have a beer and like talk. And yeah, some of them didn't have pure intentions, but for the most part, I had a lot of platonic friendships Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's hard because like in your twenties, you, when you're a woman, you're in this rat race and competitive rat race. And I'll never understand why I had friends that like, they would just be like, like my husband and I are so inclusive. Mm-hmm. Like he and I, like we invite people, we, we invite third wheels on our date all the time. We don't care. Like it, the more, the merrier pre pandemic, of course, like right. it never really, really bugged us. And also like the confidence in like our marriage and our relationship and all of that, like he's never had to question whether or not my friend's intentions were impure. Um, but the, the whole, the whole, like you have a lot of female friends, therefore you must not be heterosexual. That's fucked up. Right. And I don't like that either. I, I don't like how society says, okay, just because like a heterosexual facing male might be a little more feminine or might, might be more in touch with his feminine side to have feminine female friends and be a good friend of them means that they're now homosexual. It's like, that's not, that that's not lateral. Like that's not how that works. Well, I mean, the, the truth of it all is that, um, I feel like people, people put others in, in boxes because a, it's easier to do that. Mm -hmm. And B, because we're going off of things that aren't real, like Hollywood Mm -hmm. and, and movies telling us and things like that. Whereas like, yeah, if, if the hot girl has a friend, that's a guy, he's gay all the time. And, and if, you know, if whoever, I mean, if, if Joseph Gordon-Levitt has a best friend, he's fat and and has glasses, like that's the way that it works no matter what. You know, and that's not always the case. Like sometimes no, your best friend is more attractive than you. You know, sometimes, you know, there's there's a million there's a million different things. But, you know, unfortunately, that's just the stigma that we're all in. And of course, these are the things that make me upset. And I 
have learned to now talk about these things on stage and and there's never uh, and which is really great that I've been talking about this specifically Mm -hmm. um where where you know I tell I tell men that I'm not gay not that it matters but you know they ask me if I'm gay and I'll say no and they're like well why like it makes no sense that you look like that you dress like that you talk like that like it doesn't make any sense and you know I have this I have this elaborate punchline that I say about it and it's you know, I've done it maybe five or six times and every single time it gets this applause break. And it's because people are like, yeah, you're right. You shouldn't have to be tied down to whatever it is that society is telling you to yep. be tied down to, yeah. you know, like, of course, you know, I, I, people do, people do also laugh. It's not like, you know, I, I'm not, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's weird. Like I, I always feel weird about clapping in whenever I tell a joke because I'm not trying to get you to agree with me. I'm trying to get you to laugh at it. Mm-hmm. So laughing sometimes is agreeing with somebody at the same time. Um, but yeah, it is, it is kind of one of those things where people have laughed and, and clapped at something like that, which is a good thing because I, I want, I want to start to kind of open people's minds because especially here in in South Florida, it's very much that way because, you know, Cubans and, and uh, Puerto Ricans and Latins for the most part, like I can speak for Latins because I am Latin. They don't really care about your gender stereotypes or they don't care about your like, your whatever whatever gender you think you are or whatever they don't care about that like you know but i'm slowly trying to get them to a place where like no man we're all people and we're all different in a lot of ways and it's okay to accept people for being different you know so um but yeah that's 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 kind of where i'm at yeah we're kind of at that place now where i think like at least you know, boomers are dying out. Millennials right. are taking over. And now Gen Z told us we can't have, we can't have middle parts or side parts or skinny jeans or whatever the hell TikTok told me. I, I People are so mad about that. I, I don't know if you heard about this. No, that, I uh, Gen Z thinks that millennials are old because we still wear skinny jeans and we part our hair sideways. And like that trend is done and it's not coming back. But all I've seen is as a millennial and as I've gotten older is that all of the trends of my childhood are now back in style. Like Gen Z is wearing like mom jeans and Gen right. Z is wearing like acid wash stuff. And it's weird for me because I'm like, I'm not mad about it, but people are like up in arms being like, how dare Gen Z say this about me? I, I'm going to part my hair whatever way I want. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Um, but what I do like about Gen Z and I am, a lot of millennials have Gen Z children um, is that their parents are definitely raising them to be a lot more open pronouns, right. less stereotypes. We, they're not growing up in a politically correct culture anymore. Right. Um, there's, there's, we're being, we're challenging the norm now um, right. because we just had four years of what might've been Ashton Kutcher's greatest punked episode. Right. So now it's like, I'm, I'm starting to see that there's hope and change in the future. I'm excited about it, but I still don't think Gen Z needs to come for my skinny jeans. Right. So don't do look, that. man. I mean, when it comes to that, I mean, at least for me, for me personally, like I, I haven't heard about this whole like this whole Gen Z TikTok thing. 
Um, but um, I just, when it comes to me, like I just wear what makes me feel good. You know, yeah. at the end, at the end of the day, when you, when you get an outfit, don't get the outfit to be like, look at how great this outfit is. Get the outfit to say, look at how great I look in this outfit, you know? That's so good, that's good advice. Yeah. That's the way that you should look at it. Cause that's what the outfit's for. It's, it's to flaunt you and to flaunt the best things about you, you know, and to, and it, at the end of the day, it makes you feel good. So like, who cares if it makes somebody feel like you're old or whatever? Like if you feel yeah. great, then who cares? Well, I, I don't really wear jeans because they're pant prisons, sure. um, but, but I, you know, there was a time and a place when I did a lot more and, um, yeah. and I'm At only church, moving. You I'm, weren't allowed to wear shorts. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in like hundred degrees weather in Durango, Colorado, ugh. Right. I, you know, cause, cause, cause when you go to a Christian camp, right. You don't go somewhere mm-hmm. cool. You go somewhere terrible. Of course. Never, it's never anywhere cool. Yeah, that's Sorry, so Durango, accurate. Durango, Durango is cool. Actually, Durango's a really cool town. Just like the school and the whole aspect left a bad taste in my mouth. Durango's actually full of cool people. I know a lot of people that live near there. I'm actually from Colorado, so. Okay, cool. I'm not trying to shade anyone in Durango, my bad. <laughs> so you do comedy. Is I that do. like just one piece of things that you do? I mean, you it sounds like you do a lot of different things. I do, yeah. It's... um. It is just a piece of me, essentially. I I kind of think all of it is me, you know, um, which is weird because I I also I also really love the idea of this podcast because you're you're talking about something called imposter syndrome and labeling people and things like that, and I have always related to being a person that just doesn't have a label. Mm-hmm. because I'm constantly changing people's minds on what they thought that I was, right. you know, and I've always been like that, you know, like it's always, it, you know, I can't tell you how many times Bianca that I have gotten off of stage and uh, sang a song and got off stage and someone came up to me and said, wow, by the way that you looked, I would have never thought you sang that good. What the like, hell? Like Why what does people that's not even what a compliment. Does, well, it, well, here's the thing is they think it's a compliment for one. And two, oh like, gosh. what does that even mean? Right, you know, right. Like, how am I supposed to look to sound good? You know, like how, what, what is like, what, what do you think I'm supposed to look like? Right. You know? Um, and so, yeah, you know, people, people are always like, oh, like, you know, because I have a very, uh, a much higher voice for a man, you know, so. So people are like, oh, well, you look like you would have like a bassier voice or a baritone voice or whatever. And it's like, I've always been like kind of, you know, not I've, I've kind of just gone over the the line of whatever people think it is that I am in many ways. Well, think about you know? Coheed and Cambria, right. right? Like, would you expect that guy to sound like that? No. But at the no. same time, like. I don't know. I the audacity sometimes people. I know that they think it's a compliment. Yeah. Like it. That's like when people like. I don't know. I, I've had. I, I'm trying to think of something someone said to me. Recently. Um, I get stuff like this all I get, the time. I get stuff like <laughs> similar, but you 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 seem to be like the king of it. I don't know yeah. why. Oh yeah, I am. My listeners, I, I, if you ever meet Mike, please don't say something mean like that. That's horrible. Yeah. Don't be like, wow. By the way that you sound, you you looked a lot hotter than you are like don't say something like that um but yeah like i 
yeah, I get all kinds of stuff with that. Like there was, I mean, I've gotten, I've gotten people telling me all the time. I've gotten girls after shows telling me, um, you know, when I saw you, uh, pacing, you know, in uh, up and down the venue or whatever, you know, I was, I was worried that you weren't funny. And then you went up on stage and you were funny and it's like, well, yeah, that's what they pay me to do. That's why I'm here. You know, like, 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 it just doesn't make any yeah, sense as yeah. to like why you wouldn't think that, you know, like, I, yeah, it, it's just, it's just nuts. Like, um, you know, I mean, this, this is kind of a good compliment, but it's like kind of the same thing at the same time. The first time I was ever like on a sitcom ever, my, um, my best friend's wife showed his parents or showed her parents and she was like, oh, this is Mike in, in this sitcom or whatever. And she was like, and she was like, wow, he's, he's actually really good. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she was like, yeah, that's his job. And she's like, yeah, I know it's his job, but like, I didn't think he'd like actually be good. You know? oh, like, and I was like, what does well, that even mean? Like, I mean, you got cast on to something. That means that's, that means you made it yeah, somewhere. Like they give me money. Like I'm clearly doing the right thing. Like it doesn't make any sense, you know, but whatever i um i i did think of a compliment that's like backhanded right i used to weigh more than i do now and um but i but i've always like i've been working on it like my metabolisms i i, I think about a french fry i gain 10 pounds you know whatever right. so and being a woman's weird and your hormones and blah 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 so uh i have the peloton bike and my husband deployed this this last year and he's still gone so i i work out a lot and I'm stressed and so I'm anxious. So I'm not eating as much as I used to be, to be honest. Um, but I also like, I'm a lot more conscious about food due to medication that I'm on and, and whatnot. Yeah. But my, my, not my mother-in-law, but just in general, like people would just be like, wow, you look so great. And it's like, what the fuck did I look like before? Right. I wasn't pretty then. Like, or I wasn't like, you know, like, or you look like you've lost so much weight. You look great. It's like, yeah, but like, that's not a compliment. Like, especially like I don't thank you. But like, eh, like, I don't want that. Like me at a smaller weight makes me more what, like attractive to you or you know, that, those, those kinds of compliments where you think you're saying the right thing. It's like, you're not kind of not actually. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, 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 that's one I hate just because, you know, I'm just like, I so stupid. Like <laughs> who cares? <laughs> yeah. So, so let's just like jump into the elephant in the room, of course, which is imposter syndrome. Yeah. So I'm just going to ask a question. Do you feel like you fit in or suffer from imposter syndrome in what ways? And what does imposter syndrome mean to you? So, so it's funny because while I was listening to the podcast for the first time, I love the idea, but then my initial thought of imposter syndrome is just, feeling like you're not worthy of something mm -hmm. so in in the sense of like you know um oh man like i'm not good enough to open for this comedian or i'm not good enough to headline at this club mm -hmm. or i'm not worthy enough to be next to xyz actor on set and i don't know if i've ever felt that which is like that that's probably the most confident i'm gonna sound in this entire episode um I don't think I've ever felt that in my life. I've always been very confident and what at what I do on stage. Um, my my problem comes with 
self-esteem and it comes with um feeling you know being being scared of what others will think essentially um and so yeah it's um it's it's really it's it's tough to describe essentially but you know i i just thought you know i i actually had a story that i wanted to tell you um that really describes exactly what my fears are with mm -hmm. imposter syndrome mm -hmm. and so in this in this story i was living in la at the time and i uh, like my first week there i got a manager and she told me a couple of things that changed my life in a lot of ways. Uh, she told me one, I needed to take an improv class and two, that I needed to find a way to get into the Screen Actors Guild. So the first thing was improv. I couldn't afford improv classes. So I started doing stand up because stand up was free. So by her telling me that it changed my life because I became a stand up comedian. And also, uh, the other thing is that uh, I was supposed to be in the Screen Actors Guild, but I couldn't think of, I, I basically, I, I needed to find a way to get into the union. So I called the union and they were like, well, the only way you can do it is to get uh, cast into a Screen Actors Guild project or be an extra in a three, in a Screen Actors Guild project for three days or for three different projects. So I was like, okay, cool. I can be an extra on something. Being an extra is basically glorified furniture. Like you're, nobody even knows you can, you're there most of the time. And, um, you know, you have no lines, nothing like that. And so I went and, uh, and I was, I was cast as an extra on a pilot uh, for for Fox at the time it was being shot by ABC and you know there was a lot of really cool people that were in it you know Courtney Cox was in it Chris Parnell was in it like a, a few a few really notable and, and cool people were in it and so uh, while this was happening you know I was having I was having fun I was having a good time but I at the time this was of course this was pre-COVID I had a cough at the time. And this was also before coughs were really scary. So like, cause like now you can, you can cough and it feels, you know, people feel like they're going to die. But back then you, when you would cough, it was just annoying. Like, remember that? Remember when coughing was just annoying? Right. Now, it's dangerous. <laughs> now you have to apologize. You're like, it's not Rona. Like yeah. Now, now people think they're going to die. <laughs> so, so, uh, so yeah, I, had this really bad cough and we were in an office scene with a bunch of people and we were shooting and uh, and I basically started uh, having like a cough attack, which was like the worst possible time to have a coughing attack essentially. So it started getting to a point where I was starting to ruin takes, you know, and the director was, you know, not the director, but the, like the assistant director and all that stuff where they were like, can somebody give them water or like, you know, a, a mint or something, you know, so they, they tried everything. They were extremely annoyed. And my entire time I was like, dude, I'm going to get fired. Like I'm definitely going to get fired. I'm so irreplaceable. I'm, I'm so replaceable essentially because 
I don't have any lines. I'm just back here pretending to write notes on a three ring binder. Like I'm not doing anything, you know, they can hire anyone else to sit there and do that. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm definitely getting fired. So we walked back into holding and I grabbed my backpack and I went to, to crafty where all of the snacks are. And I started filling my bag with food because I was nervous that I, that because I would get fired, that I wasn't going to be able to eat for the next three days because I had taken off work for those three days and I needed the money from that shoot to be able to pay for my groceries. So I was just stuffing my entire backpack with sandwiches and, and granola bars and all kinds of stuff. And then this security guard came up to me and she was like, she was like, Hey, are you Mike? And I go, yeah. And then she looks at me, looks at my backpack and goes, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) And I I go, no, nothing, nothing. It's not, not a big deal. Uh, You know, and kind of like distracted her. And then she was like, you know, everybody's been saying your name in Milwaukee. And I was like, yeah, I, I hear that, Uh, you know, people are at the time. I, I forgot to tell you at the time, people were asking, Oh, who's the guy with the glasses and the hair? And I was like, Oh, great. That's me. You know? And they're like, Oh, Mike Valdez, Mike Valdez, Mike Valdez. And I'm hearing it on everyone's walkie. And that's what made me feel like I was getting fired. And so, so the security guard comes up to me, tells me all that. And then I was like, yeah, it's not, it's not looking good. Right. I assume you're probably guiding me to my car or whatever. And she goes, no, actually they're saying really great things. And I go, what are you, what are you talking about? And she leaves to go do something else. And so I'm like, oh, maybe that was a fluke. I keep filling my bag with food. Oh my God. <laughs> the, the, the AD comes in and goes, hey, Mike. And I go, what? And he goes, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and I go, nothing, man. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. You know, and, and he goes, hey, the director wants to see you. And I'm like, oh, great. Now the director is going to give me the proper send off of I'm fired. You know, I haven't even met the director yet. And, uh, and you know, the, the extra doesn't need to talk to the director because there's nothing for them. There's nothing <laughs> for them to be directed to other than their car because they're getting fired, you know? So, <laughs> so I, I walk up to the director, this, uh, this amazing guy named, named James Griffiths, who's, who's, uh, directed a lot of the good place and, and a whole bunch of great comedies. And he, uh, he goes, hey, Mike, uh, you know, we were looking at the dailies of what you were doing, and we really enjoy the faces that you're making in the background. Would it be okay if we wrote a role for you? And I was like, yeah, absolutely, sure. And um, and then not only that, uh, they they wrote a role for me to be like an assistant for, uh, for one of the characters. And so... Um, so I was around Courtney Cox a lot. I was around Chris Parnell a lot, you know, things like that. And um, yeah, it was just, it, it's just wild. And I always, I always like telling that story. And there's a lot of other crazy things that happened on set throughout those three days. But I always like telling that story because that is just like, the way that my brain works all the time is like, you're definitely getting fired. Like, you know, just, just the fact that you cough during a shot means everyone hates you. Like, you know, and the truth is like, that's not the case. Sometimes they actually really like you, you know? And, um, and there's, I mean, I, I have so many stories from other things where, where that has been, you know, a, a 
really prevalent thing for me. But when it comes to imposter syndrome, that's the best way that I can describe it. It's that, you know, I, I feel like whatever it is that I have is going to be taken away from me. Like they're going to be like, Oh, like he wasn't supposed to be here, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, but, but yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that story first of all, and I've, I've worked as a, you know, an AD in the past and stuff yeah. and not an AD, but like a PA in the past and yeah. done a bunch of odd jobs. Cause you know, millennial and whatever. Um, but PAs are crazy, man. Like yeah. they, you guys work, they, I mean, they, they work so much because, and it's crazy because, um, I, I was doing, I was doing a, a thing fairly recently. It was, it was, it was during the pandemic. I just can't remember when exactly it was, but, um, I had a PA that was following me everywhere. Like if I had to go to the bathroom, they had to follow me to the bathroom. And I'm like, my God, man, like, you know, I, I can go to the bathroom. Like, I'm not, I don't need you to like help me pull my zipper down or anything. <laughs> and, and he was like, no, dude, like the he reason why, do this. <laughs> yeah, the, the reason why I'm doing this is because they're asking me to do this. And not to mention, there's so many productions where if someone isn't hounding the actor, sometimes the actor will just leave. And like, and I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, like, you know, and even so much so is like, you know, that's the reason why, you know, like the, they're always asking you, like, are you hungry? Do you want something to eat? Or, you know, or something like that. You know, every time a, a PA is like, hey, are you thirsty? I'll go, yeah, I, I, I'd like some water. They'll go, oh, let me get it for you. I'm like, no, dude, I can walk three steps and get myself a bottle of water. And they're like, no. And I, I actually remember this PA telling me specifically, he says, I have to do this because it makes my job worthwhile like they can't keep paying like it makes no sense to, to pay me unless I'm getting you water and taking you to the bathroom you know so I was like so I was like well I guess that's yeah. I guess that makes sense if it gives you a job then you know whatever well yeah I did a PA for uh Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay I yeah. matched with his old personal assistant on tinder he was like hey you want a job it was in this tiny mountain town in Colorado called Woodland Park um it like they tried to make it seem like this guy was on marijuana, but really he was on meth because it was a mountain town, you know, reality <laughs> TV. And my job the entire time was to just sit in front of Gordon Ramsay's trailer and make right. sure no one would come in. And that yeah. was what I did for eight hours a day for seven how, days. How nuts is that? Like you, you must feel like, like, like a job like that would make me feel like who even cares that I'm here? Like, you know oh what I mean? Like, and he, yeah, he gave me like a hug once and I was like, Ooh, like he, he was like, he was like, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't your friend look like he's from part of the Bee Gees? And it was like this guy, this other PA, I had to like wash dishes in the back for one scene or something. Cause we were like, wow. not ugly. <laughs> so they were like, oh yeah. You know, and uh, it's just ridiculous. As, as opposed to the meth head they were filming. No, that, that, no, they, they fired that guy. I don't know. It's, it's, it's okay. So it's episode, who knows what episode is Manja Manja episode of Kitchen Nightmares. That's but um, anyway, I, so I, that was my one and only job I ever did. Um, I was actually pretty oh, decent at it for it, but it, I don't know if I'd go back into it because yeah, I don't like sit. I was sitting in like the mountain sun in the dead ass of July and just like sitting in front of Gordon Ramsay's trailer and just like burning in the sun. That's yeah. what I was doing for eight hours. And and of course, at the end of it, I only made $600. Right. And half of it was taxed. So like I basically, I could have washed dishes and probably made more money. 
Right. Well, and not only that, you're you also didn't have an agent. So there's if you were an actor, you'd also have to pay your agent. So it would have been even less than that. So so it is it is what it is. But to go back to um, just like the feeling of like, I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get fired. I felt that every every job, every internship, everything I've ever gotten or, you know, received. I'm like, oh, that's not really going to happen. Like even so much as recently, like the Drew Barrymore thing, I'm like, nah, they, they just said they're going to give me $500. They're not really going to give me $500. And they did, but yeah. <laughs> um, so like for me at my, my career, at my pinnacle and my peak of my career, I was a marketing director at, uh, at in San Diego for a company. And um, every day I would just be like, my boss would walk in my office. And it was like, I almost had like PTSD. I'd be like, like, what do you need? And he's like, oh no, I just came in to like tell you you're doing a great job, you know? And then the year kind of progressed of me being there and working there. And then, you know, the pandemic happened and, and bye-bye marketing. So, um, and then I, you know, I lost my job and I'm on unemployment and that's fine. And I'm, I've never been happier. I, I, it was kind of a relief as, as sad as it was to be laid off. It is such a relief because I was starting to get to a point where I just absolutely resented what I was doing as well. Yeah. And, um. And so I don't know what I want to do next, man. I'm the same exact way. Like I, I'm the type of person that like, if it's not exactly what I want to do with my life, I will get to a point where just, I just absolutely resent the fact that I'm even working at whatever job, which is why I can't like work at Starbucks anymore, (laughs) you know, because like, I'll just start resenting people, you know, like I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll be the type of person that's like, I don't know, sir, it's in this aisle and I can't pick you up and take you over there. Like I just become like that type of like horrible person. So I was just like, man, I need to just find a way to, you know, make this thing my career as much as possible. Right. But that is, but that is kind of like, that is kind of what something I've felt that does combat these feelings is like when you start to be yourself or do what something that like you're passionate about or you know do things that more align with like what your soul is and your you know your subconscious is telling you to do like I like right before I got laid off I I joined the board of directors first for an organization that I had gone to a few fundraiser events for you know of course pre-pandemic and, um, and I, and I sat on that board and it, it gave me some purpose. It made me feel really good. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm still in the game. Maybe like, I still want to do this or be, you know, whatever. And I, I use marketing every single day. I mean, you market yourself, you market your podcast, you market whatever you're doing. Um, I market my dog. He's got Instagram, but I, <laughs> nice. you know, I just, I don't think I want to go back into an office and do it. I just, not after this pandemic, not after the way I've seen people act, not after the way consumerism has been. I just, I don't want it. <laughs> Yeah, I completely understand that for sure. Yeah, but I, but I, again, I totally understand like the whole feeling of like you get a job and then you're like, oh, please don't take it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I've felt that way so much. I mean, and not only that, like I have a lot of self esteem issues with like the way that I look. And it's mostly just because my job, it's, it's weird because like, and I, I've, I've tried explaining this to people, but I just find it really ironic that the main thing that like my main monster in my closet is that I have really bad self-esteem issues with my looks and things. And I chose the only job where that matters. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, that's, so that's tough. That's the conundrum, but you're a stand-up comedian. So it's almost like you're your own punchline there. <laughs> yeah, kind of. But I th- see, that's the thing is I, I am of the ilk where like, I find it hacky to make fun of my appearance or mm-hmm. to make fun of mm-hmm. things like that. Um, just because there's so many people that already do that. Right. And I'm just, yeah, I would just rather, and not to mention, like, it is something that actually hurts me. And, and like some, if laughter is agreement, then I'm just going to have people agreeing that like, yeah, it's true. You are as ugly as you say you are like, then I would just hate my life. So, um, so yeah, I, and I'm, you know, I, I can be self-deprecating on stage in a funny way, but rarely is it about my looks or anything mm-hmm. like that, just because I just feel like so many other people do that and there's just no need, you know, like, right. Right. You know, Self, and so, yeah. yeah, no, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. I, I agree with you. Self-deprecation. It's like, uh, for me, like I've, never found myself like conventionally attractive. I've always considered myself like Jan Brady, (laughs) (laughs) always the bride or always always the bridesmaid, never the bride. It's been a really hard mentality to actually work through. Um, thanks to my therapist, Justina, shout out to Justina. She's great. Um, but I, I work, I work really hard on that in therapy and, um, something that you wrote in here about just, you know, um, being a heterosexual man and, and having self-esteem and body issues. Like you don't feel like you're allowed to have them because it's not necessarily society necessarily sees it as right. something that you're allowed to feel and act. Yeah. Um, and so like when I felt my worst and my self-esteem, it was almost like I'd make a joke about me and self-deprecate in a way that like would just like deflect anyone else saying anything negative about me. Right. Like that was me in high school. That was me in college. Cause I just didn't feel like I fit in at all. And I didn't like I didn't like the feeling that people were talking behind my back about something. So I would be always the first to make a joke at my own expense. And then, you know, like just hope that like no one else would notice. Right. Um, So I I agree. And I think it's good that you're not doing, you know, you're not taking your biggest insecurities out on stage and allowing them to be massively agreed with because, because because I bet you the average person wouldn't be agreeing. They're laughing because you said something funny but you're going to take that internally, obviously, and be like, oh, well, of course. Agree. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing is like, you know, um, I, I mean, I, I actually, actually talked to Stefan Satani, who you've had on your mm-hmm, podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I had him on my podcast and I talked to him about how, cause he was like, why don't you put the podcast on YouTube? You know, you, you record the video and all that stuff. Why don't you put it on YouTube? And I said, look, man, it's mostly just because like, my job every single day is getting judged by people. I do this for fun. You know, like the last thing I want is to put something I do for fun to now be judged by people. You I know? Don't read the, yeah. I, I refuse to read the comments. I'm on a viral video with Demi Lovato. She's my Lyft driver. Right. I'm not, I, I will never read a single comment. I have no interest. I don't care. Yeah. Won't read any of the comments on the Drew Barrymore show. I won't read anything that any comments on anything else I've ever somehow been in. I just won't. I don't, yeah. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want some 11 year old internet troll telling me that I'm stupid. <laughs> like, right. I don't need to hear it. Like, right. Like I already think that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and sometimes the more, the more I think about it and the more I talk it out with people, the more it's just like, yeah, you're right. Like their thoughts don't really matter. A majority of them are just 11. Like who cares, you know, but you know, it, it um, it's, it's crazy. I mean, here's, here's another story actually 
um, I I was on I I was lucky to to be a part of Imagine Dragons's video for uh, Rec, uh, Ralph breaks the internet, mm-hmm. and um, it was it was a really cool set where like the whole thing was like an arcade and all these different things and the thought or so like my audition was just like dancing like that was the whole audition and um they hired me very last minute um i was just supposed to you know they they asked me to like film it on my phone and i filmed it in my garage like i mean you know all these different types of things and then they just sent it and then i found out oh i'm supposed to be like a dance dance revolution kid essentially in the video. Mm -hmm. And so in my head where I immediately went was like, okay, great. So this is just going to be a video where they're making fun of the fat kid dancing. And, and uh, I went on set and I did, and I, and you know, I, I was in hair and makeup and all these things. And the casting person came up to me and said, Mike, we're so happy that you're here and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. And and she was like, you know, we weren't going to hire your role at all because we auditioned people for two days and we couldn't find anybody. And then you sent your video. And the reason why we hired you was because you were the only person that looked like you were having fun. <laughs> And, and I was like, wow, that's, first of all, that's crazy that you, it took you two days to find someone. And in those two days, no one looked like they were having fun. (laughs) That's crazy. You know? Um, And so, and I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like this is, we're just having fun. It's a silly, it's a silly thing. Like, you know, who cares? And so, um, you know, so I'm, you know, I'm in wardrobe, I'm doing all these different things. And, um, and we're shooting my scene and pretty much my entire day, I just have this anxiety. I'm like, oh my gosh, like here it comes. They're going to film it, you know, all this stuff. And, and uh, it's almost like I, you know, whenever I tell this story, I, I always say like, it's almost like God himself was like, he turned the, uh, the monitors towards me. So when everything was being filmed, I could see myself in the monitor and it's almost like I was being told by a higher power, this isn't about that. You're yeah. here, you're having fun. It's not about, it's not about the way that you look. It's not about people making fun of you. Like if people want to make fun of you, that's on them, but that's not why you're here. Right. You know? And so, um, and so that made me feel so much better. And again, it was, it was something no one told me. It was just like literally just a moment that I had in my own brain, you know? Um, but it needed, I felt like it needed to happen because, you know, you, you do these things and, and like, especially imagine dragons, something that big, it doesn't, it doesn't not get 16 million views. You know what I mean? So I was like, and if I'm going to be on, on, their video dancing like a freaking moron. Like I, I don't want to be, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be made fun of. I don't want to be mocked, you know, or, or whatever. And it's just, it's just not the case like at all that, that wasn't. And granted, you know, I don't really read the, the comments for majority of the comments that I ever read were all Russian people, which mm-hmm. I thought was really kind of crazy that they have such a high fan base in Russia. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, you know, I, it's all positive stuff, you know? Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's just crazy how my brain will go to those places. Mm -hmm. And it's just, sometimes it's the furthest thing from other people's minds. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you find this with your podcasting, but uh, when I podcast and I interview people and I send them the link, they're like, oh, I thought it was going to sound way worse. Right. I'm like, wait, like what goes on in your brain? Cause I just, I eat these into the universe. Like I'm right. like, I'm not, I'm not afraid. Did I had, I had imposter syndrome and the fear of people being not listening that, you know, if they don't listen to it, I'll do like one episode and then we'll just, you know, delete it off the internet and no right. one will know. Right. No paper trail, but it has been such a positive experience. And so like people listen to my podcast and they think like, they think I like record in a studio and have like sound mixers and all of this stuff. And it's just me, my right. zoom account and a microphone and, yeah. and my headphones from my Peloton bike. Like it's, right. it's not, it's not fancy. I'm, 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 you know, it's like, I think sometimes people get so caught up in like, oh, everyone's going to think I sound stupid. I said this too often. I said that too often. And, and at the end of the day, like the finished product, like what you're picking yourself apart for never seems to be noticed by the watching party. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, it's, it, uh, it's kind of crazy how like I've, especially with podcasts, I've come to realize that when it comes to people saying things like he says like, or too much, or he says dude too much or like whatever, it usually comes from somebody that also has a thing. They say way too much, but they're just not recorded every time. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, I know what I mean? I know exactly. And I, I try to, I've tried to be conscious of it, but there's like a million things that go through my brain. I have ADHD. So there's like a million things that go through my brain when I'm interviewing. Yeah. And like, Same here. if I, if I, if I think consciously about it, I'm not going to do it. But if I don't, then um, I'm going to say like every two seconds or um, or whatever. And it doesn't matter because this podcast is mine. So whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. And I'm the same exact way. I mean, mm -hmm. when it comes to editing and things like that a lot of the editing is just me cutting out times where I stutter times where I say like too much where I say dude too much you know because <laughs> I'm I'm a valley girl like in my in my heart of hearts I'm a valley girl that's how I speak it makes no sense that I'm from South Florida it makes no sense that my family's Cuban I'm the only person in my family that does not have an accent it's crazy <laughs> It's yeah. crazy. I mean, I was going to peg you as LA when you were right. First, and then I like scrolled up and I was like, I don't recognize that area code. I'm telling, I am <laughs> telling you, I, I prove people wrong in every facet of my life. But, but yeah, you never, but you never know. I mean, like you're also, you act. And so it's like, it's like right. whatever, whatever voice you're going to have is like the one that they're going to cast you with. Like, it's like, right. you gotta like, you gotta like play for the masses, which is unfortunately this like, dude, bro on the yeah. West coast. Right. Um, I think we've touched on the elephant in the room so we can say, excuse me, sashay, I can't speak, sashay away to <laughs> imposter syndrome. And we go to the part of the podcast or, uh, well, there's one more question actually. Whoops. Yeah. What? Wow. Bianca, you don't even know how to do this. You've been doing this a gosh darn year. Uh, what does success look like to you and do you feel successful? Okay. So success is a big word. It's a very, it's, yeah, it's a strong word, I would say, because success is the thing that I'm always scared that I'm not going to have in a lot of ways. 
And as an entertainer, at least for me, success to many people would be fame, it would be money, it would be whatever. To me, success is just being able to do what I want to do um, and have the proper funds to be able to raise a family with a great life, you know, um, sem, you know, as, as, you know, as, uh, at least as, as well as I lived, you know, uh, halfway through my life. Cause when I was a kid, I grew up poor, but my mom, when my mom married my stepdad, my stepdad built our house and, you know, we, we kind of have like a, a upper middle class kind of lifestyle. So like, that's more what I would like. Um, if we're talking about the, you know, the shallow stuff, that's probably what it would be. That's probably what success would mean. But in all reality, success to me just means being able to do what I want to do, be happy doing what I'm doing and just have enough financial means to be able to keep everyone in my family fed and happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like that definition. And I, I think it's interesting as I've asked this question to so many different people, like everyone defines it similarly in, in some ways, some more monetarily, or they quantify it in certain ways. But I think that, that the, you know, the definition of success, you know, to me, it's happiness. Like, yeah, just, just not having to want for anything. It's, that's a really privileged, but beautiful feeling. And, um, and I know that, um, you know, I might not feel successful right now, but there's things I'm successful with, yeah. um, my marriage, my podcast, I guess. Um, and, uh, like my dog is not dead. So, yeah. uh, Hey, no you know, life. yeah. And, and my husband and I do own a, a house. So conventionally from the outside, like we are very successful, but, um, internally, I think it's just waking up every day and being happy. And that was something that was not happening pre pandemic. Yeah. And now and I wake up and I'm like, nice. Like, <laughs> I also feel like, and I could be wrong here. I'm sure there's, there's a lot of people who may not feel this way, but I feel like success is also going to be something that is going to be a feeling that we don't feel until we're done, like until we're dead mm -hmm. and we can look back at our lives. Right. Because because really when it comes to success and things like that, like it's one of the things I talk about on my podcast, like where it's like, I talk about like, what advice would you give to your childhood self? And what would the child version of you think of who you are now? Mm -hmm. And nine times out of 10, the child version of you would think that it's nuts that you are where you are, you know, because, <laughs> because, and, and a lot of people don't realize how much they have succeeded. Be until they're until they're asked to look back and be like oh yeah I guess you're right like I have a podcast I mm -hmm. have a marriage I have a dog that's still alive I have this I have that and like to you now it seems like nothing because it just seems like a you know a regular Wednesday you mm -hmm. know but in all reality these are huge things you know so um, there's a lot of people in a lot of different realms and that would want your lifestyle in many ways, you know? So, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's hard to remember it, but we should always try to, it's, it's something I talk, something I say on my podcast all the time, never lose your sense of childlike wonder. 
because that that wonder is going to be the magic that allows you to have the confidence to be inspired to do things that the world tells you that you can't do. And then it's also going to be the thing that reminds you of how far you've come. Yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. Okay, I think we've I think we've crushed her. She's gone. Uh, we we can move on to um, my favorite part of the podcast as we wind it down, yeah. um, which is things that you're fanatical about and and why. Um, I talk about it immensely all the time. Whatever. Right now, I've got two seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race going on, so I'm still just really mm. fanatical about RuPaul RuPaul's world and all the queens inside of it. Um, and uh, I'm very much enjoying that I have a Thursday on Friday. I can watch two different episodes of something, which is kind of nice. Um, but uh, what about you? What are you fanatical about? So I, I mean, I, I really enjoy podcasts a lot. I love listening to different podcasts, like comedy podcasts, uh, interviews, uh, interview style podcasts. Um, and I, I like watching YouTube videos. These are very basic things i guess um i like youtube videos a lot um the biggest thing for me recently like within the past year has been since disney plus came out watching the simpsons at night Mm -hmm. and just because uh when i was a kid that was the show that i wasn't allowed to watch and and so I would always sneak and, and watch it when my parents weren't w- looking. Or uh, another thing that I did was I I had the talk boy from, from Home Alone 2. Yes. And I would record The Simpsons while I was doing my homework and then listen to it at night. <laughs> so like that's something that I did all the time when I was a kid. Oh, that's so 90s. <laughs> my mom, yeah, my mom had no idea. I just told her that I did this like the last time I saw her and she was like, "What in the world?" And I was like, "Yeah, I did that. I I thought I was like pulling one over on you." And she's like, "That's crazy that you that's did that." That's so funny. Yeah. Modern technology with the twist. Oh, I love it. Um yeah. yeah, I also saw that you wrote something you're fanatical about. You wrote down Donald Glover. Yes, I love Donald Glover. I'm always a fanatic about him. He's he's like my dude. That's that's the guy that I um aspire to be if I if I had one person to choose um because he's the first person that kind of taught me that it's okay to be able to do everything. If you want to do music, you can also do music and be an actor. You know, if you want to do music and act, you can also be a stand-up comedian and you can also be very good at all of all of those things. Right. Right. So I, I love him. I love yeah, him. I, and it's, 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 it was kind of crazy because I, I don't feel like I really understood that he wasn't three different people. Sure. And then I was like, oh, you're all the same person. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really relate to that. Like I really relate to how, when he's on stage, he can pull into just being the silly person that he is. And when he's doing music, he can get really vulnerable and not funny at all, you know? And when he's acting, he can kind of become, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of like a meat puppet and -hmm. just let the, the director and let the writer's words come through him. You know, that's truly what a good actor is is like a meat puppet which is why like you know a lot of people say this i don't know if it's true but a lot of people say that like the dumber you are the better you are as an actor 
because like you don't have a personality and it's just easier for you to fill with someone else's personality if you don't have one you yeah. know so yeah. um i don't necessarily know if that's true or think that that's true but it is an interesting thought um and it also would explain as to why a lot of hollywood elites seem very boring yeah yeah and I, I i agree like i think like i think you have to have more than just like one like one side having one side and like being a meat puppet as you say like that's great mm -hmm. and that's that's going to get you some you know great things in life but like i i i like the people that have more of personality to be completely honest yeah me too like nicole Byer is someone that i absolutely adore yeah she's um, the best and, in the entire world and and it's like she's a podcaster she's a comedian she wrote a book mm -hmm. she well i mean the sorry, Nicole, writing a book debatable. It's mostly a picture book, <laughs> but it's really good. It's really, it's really good. And I, I mean, I aspire to be Nicole and like, that's kind of yeah. who I, I put her above. Like, I just, I really, like every time I listen to a podcast from her, I just am reminded how, how like what I would hope my podcast could one day be. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of hers as well, just to kind of dovetail off of what yeah. you said. I'm a huge fan of hers as well. And she's, genuinely one of the funniest people like in the past couple of years yeah. that I've ever listened to um on podcasts and like everything like I like her stand-up I mean my my favorite version of her is just when she's her so like yes. you know why won't you date me or, or anytime she's a guest on someone's podcast or something I, I especially like newcomers her and Lauren Lapkus oh my god so um, funny yeah, that's a really, that's a really <laughs> great one. Like, like just basic personality things, mm -hmm. like how she won't call Han Solo Han, she calls him Hans, you know, like, like little things will just always make me laugh that she does. And like, um, there's this clip that I, I'll never forget uh, from Nailed It that a friend of mine posted on her Instagram. And it's this clip of her um, rolling off of the table onto the floor. <laughs> and then rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling and then never stopping. And, <laughs> and you know, all the, all the comments, you know, were just people like, I don't understand why this is so funny or like, whatever. Like it's, it's people obviously laughing, but they're like, I don't know why I'm laughing. And to me in my head, I was like, it's because of her commitment. Her commitment is so freaking good that that's what makes it funny because she never once says that was stupid that I did that. She just keeps doing it and it's hilarious. You there's know? a yeah there's a lot of things she does well she'll her roommate's john milhouse yeah so she will be like my roommate john milhouse my roommate and and she's now calls him her roommate and she doesn't really i think i think i think he told her to like stop calling <laughs> both names right. but um but you know like like just funny quirks that she'll do and i just think she is the comedic genius yeah. I honestly, like, I know she's going to have like so many amazing, more amazing things happening in her career. But like, what I like about her too, is that she's just relatable. Like she's not yeah. so far up in the clouds that you can't like relate to her anymore. She's still just a normal person. She's on Tinder, like everyone else. Like she's, yeah. you know, she's just trying to like find someone. And, yeah, and that's what I love. It, I, every time I listen to her podcast, I'm always like, I, I always really do question like, why in the world is she single? Like it yeah. makes no sense because she's so incredible. Yeah. And like the only thought that I can think of is that guys are jealous because she's funnier than them. Like that's I mean, the only, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. If yeah. I was anywhere near her, I would 100% date her. Ooh. 
like 100 percent. yeah slide into those dms send her something nasty that's what she wants (laughs) (laughs) i mean gotta be honest i know way too many people in her circle and i would not want to do that oh (laughs) no oh no they're like this mike guy and they're they're like yeah mike what did you do (laughs) yeah i'm not yeah Uh, i i uh her her opener is a is a close friend of mine uh christy (laughs) cello and um and yeah so like i you know, I, I want to, I want to at least be friends with her and well, not thankfully like this won't be off. the clip I use to promote this yeah. podcast. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, actually I'm, I'm serious. I'm not going to, uh, but, um, you can do whatever you if want. I, I, I don't care. You're right. I just want to matchmake yeah. her. Um, what yeah. is one or a few unpopular opinions you have and why? And every time I do this, I always like tell myself, I need to think of a different unpopular opinion. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to skip mine because it is true. Cantaloupe is trash. Um, but yes. uh, what uh, what are yours? So <laughs> I I don't know. I you have, don't know what you wrote? <laughs> I, I know what I wrote, but I, I, I also don't know what my unpopular opinions are because I don't necessarily think of them as unpopular. I just think like nobody knows until I say it. And they're like, yeah, I guess you're right. You know, like, I guess that is, I guess that is something like, for example, one thing, one thing that I wrote was, I think that every couple should dance to fix you by Coldplay at their wedding. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and that's because to me, there's nothing more romantic and also humiliating than looking at your spouse directly in the eyes as you hear, I will try to fix you. <laughs> we'll give it a college try yeah like there's That's nothing so there's nothing more real than that I got married you know? by an Elvis so like nice. I a cocaine Elvis it was like he was I don't think he knew he was there um, yeah. <laughs> and uh and he sang the song teddy bear and i'd never heard that song in my lifetime and uh then all of a sudden <laughs> he handed my husband glasses and I had he Scott was almost stabbed my eye out trying to put these Elvis glasses on me best teddy day of my bear. freaking life is teddy bear is teddy bear the song that uh, that uncle jesse sings in full house yes <laughs> oh baby Ooh, won't you, you know be what moroccan teddy bear? i do have an unpopular opinion okay yeah. i don't know what it is about dave couillet yeah but i hate him <laughs> i don't know why but That's there's just hilarious. something about full house and like him and then like the oanis <laughs> morissette stuff and all of it dave couillet i literally do not like you i don't know why I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just, so, I don't like you. That's so funny. It, I don't know why. Because it's so random. <laughs> like, how, so are you a Full House fan? Okay, but I, I felt like he was creepy. Like he had the puppets. Yeah, I get And he that. wasn't that funny. Yeah, right? I get that. He was like, he was like a caricature of so like someone who would do comedy. And I right. just, for whatever reason, like Uncle Jesse, fine. You're doing your Elvis shtick, fine. Uncle Joey, no yeah no like yeah in, in <laughs> fact the the only the only uncle in the family that's not actually an uncle he's right he's just there yeah and he has because, like a, and, he's a, and he has a beaver puppet like what yeah. is this yeah that um is, that is funny. i had actually never thought of that but you reminded me of that right there well, and i was like there you I go do. well my husband would say i've got a few it's like i hate ambrosia salad i can't stand cantaloupe i hate dave couillet for some fucking reason yeah. and um cory gardner who's a former senator in, in colorado um he openly admitted to skiing in blue jeans which is an absolute cardinal sin and we yeeted that man out of the office <laughs> and the whole reason was because it like like they made a meme account and it was like all these unpopular things from Colorado. So it's like Corey Gardner goes to Casa Bonita for the food or like, 
which is a, a restaurant that's actually real. If you watch South Park, it, it is yeah, actually yeah. real. It does exist, but it, it did shut down. And that's where I wanted my ashes poured off. So off the that's waterfall there. So I don't know what's going to happen. I have to re amend my will, but um, like just like certain things like that. And so it's funny because my husband like knows my unpopular opinions, like so much so that like he could just like text me what they are. That's I have hilarious. these weird things, like these hills I die on. Yeah, it's also it's also just really funny. Like I'm never gonna stop thinking about this. Like there is something so funny about like <laughs> about how much you don't like Dave Coulier. Like thinking it, it's a visceral reaction, and and it, the crazy thing is, I don't find him unattractive or anything. Sure. It's just the being of him. I'm like, right. I don't know what it is, and I I time has not healed it. Yeah, I guess everybody does have those people. I guess which is really weird like everybody has <laughs> everybody has those people like like every guy has like an actress they don't like for some reason you know like I have I have a, a couple of those people you know but I just never say them out loud because the way I I know how the world works in in my world whereas like the moment I'm like I don't like Anne Hathaway like the next thing I'm cast in is with her and then like yeah and like and she's like hey I was listening to this podcast to try to listen to what you were you know who you were and like you were talking trash about me and it's like and which by the way I was just saying a name that's not even yeah yeah I don't like you know but I just know how my how my my life works so I never tell anyone who my who my pet peeve oh, like exactly well yeah are. and I'm like I'm like that he's never gonna he, I mean if someone will probably send it to him <laughs> like what? yeah and then and then I feel like I'm gonna get pranked like if you if my listeners I'm don't ask me for my address and do not send me a headshot of Dave Couillet please the love of god that's signed or cameo I want nothing to do with it please don't absolutely <laughs> don't mm -mm. that's really funny <laughs> I don't I know mean, why, but I think I also find it funny. So I think I like amp it up because I think it's comical too. Yeah. Because I do things that I think are funny as well. I'm sure. Like, yeah. I'm doing this. Like uh, I'm always like five seconds away from getting into Guy Fieri cosplay. Right. Like I didn't send my husband nudes while he was deployed. I sent him photos of me as Guy Fieri. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know what's worse. I don't know what's worse. Yeah. The fact that you did that or the fact that he liked it. I don't know if that what's I, worse. Well, I I labeled the email not safe for work. <laughs> yeah, and it's just me and my call. I, I dressed up for Halloween as Guy Fieri, and then yeah, um, and then there's been a few TikTok trends that I thought would be funny in the cosplay, so I've done it a few more times. Right. Um, with the of course the videos don't go viral because TikTok's decided that I'm. I don't know, not cool or something. Yeah, you were wearing skinny jeans. Yeah, yep, side part and skinny <laughs> jeans. Dang it! I actually have a middle part, but whatever. Um, and so I like sent these photos, and um, like at the time they weren't really, they weren't, they were kind of like doing some exercises and stuff. So they, he wasn't able to really like call me or talk to me that often, but he could get my emails. So I get a phone call from like a random six one nine number, which was him. And he's like that. He's like, what the fuck? He was like, he was like, I made everyone leave the area so I could open this email. That's and, hilarious. And he was like, and it was just you in a guy if you had a costume. And he was like, I laughed really hard. And then I'm kind of mad now. Yeah. That's <laughs> he was like, awful. I thought it would be nudes and it wasn't. I was like, sorry, bud. You married me. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be married by an Elvis. That says everything. <laughs> there you go and it also it also coined the phrase that whenever you wanted to have relations you could say could we go to flavor town <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh 
that's good. Yeah, I just find that weird. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I yeah. He's, yeah, I mean, I'm fanatical about him. He's a meme of a man, but yeah, but that's he, you know. that's great. I, I, so I'm trying to think of other things as far as things that I wrote. I think I remember one thing that I wrote in your questionnaire there was uh, was about Pitbull, the mm-hmm. rapper Pitbull. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't an original thought, but I just I just find it very true. Um, it's that Pitbull isn't awful uh, unless it's like only him. If he's a feature, it's like, I guess it's okay. Like uh, the best way to put it is Pitbull's like rain. It just kind of happens to you. Yeah. And so like, if it's a little bit of a drizzle, you're like, all right, this is fine. But if it's a torrential downpour, you're like, okay, for the love of God, just let me get in my house. He's good in cameo doses. Like, like sure. add, add, add your one-liner to a song. Exactly. Yeah. Add a couple dollars and a couple 305s and a couple other area codes if you want to. But that's about it. Like, you know. Yeah. I did see, I did see there's, there's, there, there, I mean, I've mostly scrolled TikTok for the last year. Um, mm-hmm. Basically. I took, I took a hiatus from it for a while because I didn't believe in some of the ethics behind it, but now I'm, I'm back on it because I'm bored. And uh, there was a trend for a while where girls were dressing up as like Pitbull and like they were having like Pitbull parties. Oh, wow. And I'm like, is that like, is that a, th-? I didn't even know that was a thing. Neither did I. I was like, but apparently like, but then again, like girls dress up as Guy Fieri because they think it's hilarious. And every person that loves Guy Fieri as much as I do, Nicole Byer included, would do that. Yeah. <laughs> would do what yeah. I did <laughs> and yeah. just laugh maniacally about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah. I agree. I'm trying to think of other things that I wrote. Did I write? I'm sure I'm sure I wrote something about like Nickelback isn't as bad as you think they are. Yeah, you wrote that. Yeah, that seems uh, that seems very accurate. Like, because that's my thing is like, I feel like there's like a whole meme of it, of it all where it's just like Nickelback sucks and this and that. And it's like, I don't know, man, I feel like whoever says that is just are just people that don't have as much money as they do. So like, <laughs> the the truth is they're doing something right because they have more money than all of us so you might not like them but that doesn't mean that they suck you know like they're clearly doing something right well it's like people being like country sucks it's like okay like but you don't that's not a genre you prefer it doesn't mean that the genre sucks it doesn't like there's just so much there's so many layers to it you know right and there's and and i was also gonna say this too like there you you know uh, you brought up country, but like, there's, there's certain things about like country, mostly country, but like where it's like, I don't like, if you were to list all those things on paper, it would sound like I would hate it, but then I listen to it and I actually really like it. Like for example, um, Florida Georgia line, like, there's nothing about that band on paper that would make me like them. You're like, Oh, it's, it's a guy that wears skinny jeans and he has a vest with no shirt on and a cowboy (laughs) hat. And he sings so country that it actually kind of sounds like he's making fun of country singers. <laughs> like, yeah. like he's like, oh, oh, that's how I would do around there. Like sounds like he's making fun of country singers. And I don't understand why, but I like it. I don't get it. And and you t- you said Coheed and Cambria. Coheed and Cambria is the same for me. Like, I think that he he sounds like someone making fun of someone singing. 
Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody naturally sings like good eye sniper. Nobody sings like that, you know, like, but to be fair, he sings like that. So you're like, all right, well, if you ever do that accent or whatever, you're like, oh, it's Claudio Sanchez from Coheed and Cambria, you know? Um, but to be fair, nobody sings like that. You know, um, it's all reasons why it's all things you shouldn't like, but for some reason you do, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I'm trying to think of what else that I, that I put on there. You can remind me if I, if I, I'm forgetting. Eh, I think we've got like enough. I mean, you, you had some good ones. Um, okay, good. You can say your decaf coffee one if you want. Oh, is that one? Is that one? Yeah. You put that on there. I, for, I, is it, I mean, I, I think decaf coffee is pointless. Yeah. Is that like, and then you said, and you said drinking decaf coffee is like getting a what account? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was good. It was good. Oh. I'm like letting you tell your joke. I don't want to like okay. steal your punchline thunder. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. It's like, uh, de- drinking decaf coffee is like getting a Tinder account, but you're married. <laughs> like <laughs> we just want to make friends. Yeah. Like, what are you doing here? Like, there's n- like, why are you in this drive-thru? Like you're, <laughs> you, there is literally every purpose for what you want like there's there's nothing like there's nothing here for you yeah you know so yeah, yeah. um so yeah I, I think decaf coffee is pointless okay um well you you are just an utter delight this was such a awesome time I laughed I got to talk about <laughs> Dave Couillet yeah. for some reason you know I got to remember like repressed parts of my childhood brain I love it um yeah. so we're go- coming towards the end of the podcast so I always like to give my guests the floor to promote whatever they would like so take it away okay well, first of all, thank you so much for having me, Bianca. This was a blast. Um, I'm actually extremely surprised that it's over. It went by very quickly for me. <laughs> um, time flies when you're having fun. Oh. But but yeah, so my name is Mike Valdez. Um, hope uh, I'm sure you know that by now. Um, but I uh, if you if you like me at, at all, if you thought that I was funny or entertaining, you can follow me on Instagram at Mike Valdez, that's M-I-K-E-V-A-L-D-E-S. And uh, you can go to my website, whoismikevaldez.com to find out the answer to that question. Um, And I have an album that's on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, anywhere where you listen to music uh, by Mike Valdez and the Noise. It's called Dreamer. And I also have a podcast about childhood called Child Like It Best with Mike Valdez, and that is available on all podcast platforms. And that yeah. is it for me. Yeah, that is it. Our, okay, I have one last question for you. In the panini yeah. right now, this this pepperoni pizza we're in. Yes. Are you are you doing any stand up comedy? Uh, yes, I am actually, because uh, South Florida doesn't think COVID is real. So. Um, I, I'm always extremely cautious. Um, and everything that we, that I do is always outdoors, um, and socially distanced. Um, but, but yeah, I am doing a few shows here and there. Um, things are sort of last minute. Um, but I, depending on when this comes out, something I know for sure is I'll be at the Miami improv, uh, or, uh, April 20th, 420. Oh, cool. I'll cool. be there uh, doing out. a show. Watch yeah. out. Police are going to yeah. come get you. 
Yeah, they're going to come get the youth group kid that's not doing anything at all. <laughs> and be like, what are you doing here? You, like, we, we arrest straight edge kids now. Like, <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, this has been an utter delight. I'm so glad to meet you. I'm so glad to share your story with my listeners. Um, and I'm very, very excited to have you on my podcast. I can't wait to speak again. You seem yeah. like a really cool dude. I'm excited to like watch all you're doing and to my listeners, all of the stuff for Mike Valdez will be in the description as always. Uh, and if you like what you've heard, if this is your first time to please don't kick me out, go ahead and go to his podcast, which is of course, Childlike at Best with Mike Valdez. It's a whole utter delight. Um, and thank you so much. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Yeah, you too. All right, we'll talk later. Bye. Bye. Hey listeners, I wanted to share a special promotion for you from Dash of Pep. Dash of Pep is a clothing boutique that offers non-binary clothing that has fun prints that support mental health and empowering you to be your best self. In this pandemic, it is great to shop small and support small businesses like Dash of Pep. More than 50% of my wardrobe is from her adorable store. Robin at Dash of Pep has graciously given me a promo code for you to use at checkout. Use P-D-K-M-O to receive 15% off your order. Again, that is www.dash of pep.com and you can enter pdkmo at checkout to receive 15% off your order. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories and going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.